Hello and welcome to Vet Chloe on the Road. Insights from real people making positive change for our planet. I am Chloe, a veterinarian who has an interest in wildlife and all things environmental. And this is a show for people who would like to connect, learn, and prioritize caring for our beautiful green and blue world. Come join me as I travel around Australia in my van, Layla. Let's share all things conservation and meet all the inspiring environmental heroes along the way. And on today's episode, listen in as I tell you a little bit about what wonderful part of the world I'm in and what wildlife I have been enjoying and learning about. It is the wonderful world of wetland birds here in Leeton. So to fill you in, currently I'm here in the rural New South Wales town of Leeton, six hours west of Wollongong in the Riverina area, about 550 k's from Sydney and 450 k's from Melbourne. So pretty much midway but inland. I'm here doing a one-month locum for vet that graduated in 1967, also from the University of Sydney. So it's great to work with, you know, his expertise after so many decades. Him and his wife have been very welcoming to me and I'm staying in their home looking after their adorable corgi, Abby, who is here by my feet and loves belly rubs. They are away in Japan for their 50th anniversary. So I am out of Layla the van for living and stretching out in a comfortable, cozy home. It very much feels like stepping into someone else's shoes. The vet clinic is only a 100 meters walk away, which comes in very handy when on call. And it is a mixed practice, so it is exciting to rub shoulders against the large animal medicine. I am trained and qualified in large animal medicine too, such as horses, cows, sheep, pig, uh, qualified to treat all animals actually, um, but I have not practiced in the mole. So I have worked as a small animal vet for the last seven plus years. So all the large animal cases, although I would love that expertise, or for the other vet, Dr. Jess, I'm working with, and I'm taking every opportunity to learn alongside her. The other day we had a sheep come in, uh, Blackie, which we removed the cast from his injured leg and it looks like it's doing well. So I really love the novelty of that. So to tell you more about Leeton, because that's also what I love about these travels is that you just plonk up, um, uh, rock up, plonk down in these towns that you've never actually heard of. You don't know anyone that's been there and it's all a lot to discover. And you know, as much as I also love the conservation and animals, and that's always my priority, I also love the human side, the history, the people side. So Leeton is a town with a population of around 12,000. And as you arrive, there is a sign saying, Leeton welcomes all settlers, immigrants and refugees. <laughs> I've never seen that before around Australia. And I thought it was a very kind gesture. And I thought, you know, they probably also welcome uh, temporary settlers, locums, myself. Uh, so Leeton is named after Charles Alfred Lee, who was a minister for public works. Leeton is renowned as Australia's rice capital. You'll probably recognize the name Sunrice in all Aussie supermarkets as the Aussie rice brand. Leeton is well situated because although not much rain falls here, directly here, a lot of rain is caught up in the snowy mountains nearby. Yes, there is snow and skiing in Australia. 
There is a lot of infrastructure in Leeton for irrigation, and that's how the town came about, and it's for growing of rice. Even for clients to get to the vet clinic I'm working at, they have to cross a small bridge from the parking area that goes over one of these irrigation canals. Leeton is one of the most productive farming regions in the state and also grows citrus, cotton, grapes, walnuts and wheat. Leeton, Australia is also the fourth largest international exporter of rice. Countries like China, yes, produce a lot, but also consume a lot. Uh, don't quote me, but locally it is known that the number one international exporter of rice is Thailand, then Vietnam, then California in the US, then Leeton in Australia. And apparently the Asian market have a much higher preference for Australian grown rice compared to Californian grown rice. It is the more premium type. So it does make the local people here proud. Another interesting thing about this place is that Walter Burley Griffin, the American architect and landscape architect that won the international competition to design Canberra, the capital city of Australia, also designed Leeton two years later. And again, in the same style of circular roads, all radiating out from the center. So it's not a grid, it's more a radiant uh, look, very circular if you look from a map. And it makes it very easy for me with the dog walking. You end up where you started. Just keep going. <laughs> so Leeton was growing in the 1920s and its style of buildings reflects that era of Art Deco. And there's an Art Deco festival here every year. So while in this new place of Leeton, I snooped around for an interview. I contacted one of the local wildlife parks that also has a huge range of African animals here. And they say their focus is a lot on conservation. But unfortunately, when I reached out, the owner was did not have much time for me and not interested in talking. Uh, sometimes it's like that. You just have to put yourself out there, um, be open for rejection. You know, it's not everyone's welcoming you with open arms. I understand people are busy, but, you know, I only want to connect with the people that want to connect with us. And I think transparency, friendliness, generosity and sharing of passion are the ones that are worth our time. So sorry, friends, unable to source an interview here um, in this small town. But it is a solo report and a good reminder that there's always wildlife around if you want to go and find it. So I've done a bit of research and had some great experience out here in the wetlands. I would love to share with you. So a, a bit of what I've learned um, before I went out is uh, Five Bow and Tuckerbill Wetlands, um, that's the name of it, is here in Leeton. And one day after work, I went to visit. These two wetland sites are within the Riverina and Murrumbidgee irrigation area, and these are ecological conservation areas, Five Bow and Tuckerbill Wetlands. Its environmental values were noted by the ornithologist, that's a bird uh, scientist, Samuel Albert White back in 1920. The area is a fabulous bird watching area and makes up maybe 700 hectares and is a mix of permanent and seasonal shallow freshwater to brackish to saline wetland. The wetlands were recognized as being of international importance because of the presence, abundance and diversity of their water birds, including migratory waders and threatened species. Already just over a week at the vet clinic here in Leeton, I have met 
four beautiful wildlife birds, two owls, a firebird yesterday, and a peewee, or otherwise known as a magpie lark. So the wetlands are supporting a significant number of birds, including the endangered Australasian bittern, which I've never heard or seen before. It is a large heron with a distinctive booming call. You normally hear them, but do not see them. And these wetlands area have over 1% of the world population of glossy ibis. This is a beautiful ibis with a reddish brown neck and a bronze body. <laughs> so it's not the common ibis, which um, unfortunately here in Australia are known as bin pigeons. Um, the white ones with the black, black uh, featherless necks. <laughs> um, it is the equivalent of what you find here in Australia uh, of pigeons pecking around uh, rubbish bins and adapting well to the urban environment. Uh, but no, this is the glossy ibis uh, that is mainly found here in these wetlands, along with the exquisite sharp-tailed sandpiper. So another gorgeous bird. The wetlands also provide a habitat for the Australian painted snipe and serves as an important flocking area for brolgas, a type of crane. If you're not sure what these guys look like that I'm talking about, um, you will not be disappointed. Um, take a look, uh, Google them or have a look in my show notes. Birds really are just so exquisite, such clear lines with their colorings and markings. And, you know, really an artist has been at work for birds and the way they look. So there you have it. Just down the road. I thought I was in, you know, middle of nowhere. Um, but just not even five minutes from where I'm staying is one of the world's hotspots for bird life. The area is also an acknowledgement and respect for the cultural significance of the wetlands to the local Wiradjura people. And as you travel around Australia, you fully appreciate that absolutely everywhere, absolutely everywhere, in all climates, it was the home to Indigenous Australians. So lots of respect um, to the incredible people that have lived here, uh, you know, tens of thousands of years ago and everywhere throughout Australia is in recognition of the original people. It is hard to communicate the experience of these wetlands without showing it to you. Uh, this is the difficulty of solo reporting um, without an interview. Um, but I went down for a walk as the sun set and I've uploaded a short video on my Instagram for this um, at Vet Chloe. It was wonderful walking along the trails that were bordered by thick reeds. For large portions, you could not see the water birds unless they were in their V-shaped flocks flying above. And the V-shape is to catch the preceding bird's updraft. So that's why they go in that formation. But you could hear the birds as well as the frogs and the night insects. So it was really very magical. But along the way, there are viewpoints uh, where you could look into a whole new world. Kind of like jumping into the ocean, I felt like, uh, with scuba diving. It was like being immersed um instead of with the fish and marine life, but for the bird life. And the parting of the reeds was much like the parting of curtains, and you could see into their life and their world. And it was so refreshing to see the birds busy with their day and their daily routines, um, sun setting, so they're all gathering together, having a last feed and uh, preening themselves and going to go and find some shelter for the night, bunkering down, nesting. Uh, 
you know, we can be so consumed in the world of humans and the busyness of humans and it all. Um, it was just a wonderful reminder to know that the animals are still just out there doing their thing. And it really was a wonderful experience. You know, sometimes it is best um, not to deep dive into all the science of nature, but just go out and enjoy it. You do not need to know the names or the facts and all the different birds you see or hear to enjoy their beauty. And some would say, uh, like Eckhart Tolle, if you're familiar with him and his writings, that not knowing anything about them is when you can really enjoy them, purely enjoy them without the mind getting in the way. And it was very peaceful to solo walk around this wetland area and take it all in. To talk more about wetlands, uh, wetlands are vital for human survival. They are among the world's most productive environments and cradles of biological diversity. Ramsar, the Convention on Wetlands, which is the intergovernmental treaty that provides the framework for the conservation and wise use of wetlands and their resources, is quoted saying, wetlands are indispensable for the countless benefits or ecosystem services that they provide humanity ranging from freshwater supply food and building materials and biodiversity to flood control groundwater recharge and climate change mitigation study after study demonstrates that wetland area and quality continue to decline in most regions of the world as a result the ecosystem services that wetlands provide to people are compromised Managing wetlands is a global challenge and the convention presently counts over 160 countries as contracting parties, which recognize the value of having one international treaty dedicated to a single ecosystem. Ramsar has recognized the wetlands here in Leeton, so it is comforting to know that this precious area is under heavy protection and that they aim to do the same all over the world. The Ramsar Convention uses a broad definition of wetlands, um, unlike the shallow, fresh to brackish uh, saline wetlands here. Uh, their definition includes all lakes and rivers, underground aquifers, swamps and marshes, wet grasslands, peatlands, oases, estuaries, deltas, tidal flats, mangroves, and also other coastal areas, coral reefs, and all human-made sites such as fish ponds, rice paddies, reservoirs, and salt pans. So they are covering that whole ecosystem around the world and trying to protect it. So, you know, it, it is comforting to sort of just do a simple Google search and you come up that there's been so much work and dedication and effort by many people over many years um, across the world to protect things. And you, you, you do feel that you are not alone. There's other people who care and put in the effort. So um, there are wonderful things that humans have done to protect um, our beautiful earth. And for the birds themselves, wetlands are an oasis and some depend, uh, depend on it totally for breeding, nesting, feeding and shelter during their breeding cycles. Insects, fish and amphibians are a good source of food for the birds that are found here at the wetlands. In Australia, birds that live in wetlands include egrets, ibises, pelicans, cormorants and herons. Non-colonial water birds. So these are birds that generally don't congregate to breed, but are still dependent on wetlands for nesting and feeding. Uh, uh, the, the habitat helps them raise their young as well. These birds uh, include the waterfowl, grebes, crakes, rails and water hens. So a huge range of birds in Australia are dependent on the wetlands. 
A distinct bird I recognized here in the five bow and Tuckerbill wetlands was the black swan, a large water bird that is nomadic within Australia with erratic migration patterns dependent upon climate conditions. So seeing them here, they obviously know it is a special spot. They have black plumage, the graceful outline of a swan and bright red bills. You probably know what I'm talking about when I describe it. So black swans are the state bird of WA. So it is good to see them over here in New South Wales. We all love the swan species because they do indeed bond for life. Most other birds will raise their young as a pair for one season and move on to new mates the next, but not swans. If you were interested to know, male swans are called a cob, the female is called a pen, and the young are called cygnets. A group of swans is called a bevy or a wedge in flight. So it's always funny knowing the the name of what a group of animals is called. And since I cannot interview the birds themselves, I will have to leave it there, my friends, but certainly all the birds look very healthy and content in their slice of heaven. And I love seeing untouched nature. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, what I had to share about Leeton uh, and the bird life you can find here. And also just feel encouraged to get out there, see what's in your area, um, you know, research, read about it and just go out and enjoy and take it all in and just feel grounded in the natural world. There's always so much to experience and embrace wherever you may be. And if you like this show, I would be most grateful if you could tell a friend, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. It all helps. Or follow me on Instagram at VetChloe. Next episode, I will have gone to visit my dear vet friend, Dr. Claire Peterson, at her family farm nearby. I have been before and it is so much fun where I'm able to join Claire, who lives the real country girl life. Although she lives in the city, on the weekend, she visits her family farm where she's driving tractors and quad bikes, pushing hay bales off trucks to feed cattle and opening water irrigation canals to flood the croplands in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going back for a visit and Claire will give us an insight into her work of working for Animal Health Australia, a not-for-profit public company that facilitates innovative partnerships between governments, major livestock industries and other stakeholders to protect animal health and the sustainability of Australia's livestock industry. Important jobs uh, such as the country's animal biosecurity are in her hands. Uh, there are other non-clinical vet jobs out there of which she's doing a stellar job at one of them. And when it comes to the world of animals, it's great to get a holistic view about everything. And I look forward to learning more from her and I hope you are too. Till then, stay kind and I'll see you at the next stop.